0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: It is time to make some good decisions and win some money here on the SB Nation NFL show with the football cheat sheet. I am your host, Michael Kist. Gina Kelly would usually be with us but she is out sick today but that's all good because we have the clairvoyant Kate Majuk joining me here of DK Nation Kate we almost sounded like we knew what we were doing last week how are you doing today
2: I'm doing fantastic a uh, clairvoyant is a nice alliteration <laughs> to kick off the weekend the wild card slate super excited to uh have that official I think that I, that's going to be my new Twitter handle I think <laughs> the clairvoyant Kate
0: I like
1: that uh,
2: got, Got to keep rolling with that, but you know what? We have some really exciting games here on the wild card slate. Some interesting divisional matchups. Uh, we have a, a rematch of the Baltimore Tennessee game from last season, yes. uh, which upset it was probably one of the biggest upsets, uh, maybe aside from from the the Patriots' loss of that entire uh, playoff run last yeah. season. There's so much uh, interesting. It, There's just a lot of interestingness, like a lot of interesting storylines this week. I'm very excited about.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to take in. And look, if you heard the show last week, and hopefully you did, and hopefully you took our advice and won some serious scratch, uh, you know that since traditional fantasy leagues are done and dusted, we have made a shift And we are now going heavy in on the Daily Fantasy, the DFS. So that's going to be the major theme of the show here up top, talking about must plays, must fades, Wild Card weekend. Uh, After that, we'll get into some betting with money lines, spreads, over-unders, and so on and so forth. Uh, Remember, if you like what we're doing here and we're helping you make some money this season, subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps other people discover the feed. And, of course, tell a friend. You don't have to hide us from your league rivals anymore. Tell them to get in on the action with us, and let's get involved with some action and dig into this DFS slate for Wildcard Weekend. There's six games going down, so 12 teams involved with this. There's a lot of decisions to make, and we start up top with with some news that we've touched upon, you know, earlier in the week on the other shows here. But I'm curious, just as far as like teams that you want to avoid. I think the big question right now is happening with the Cleveland Browns and maybe the NFL, and we're recording this on Friday at at 11 p.m., but maybe the NFL will allow Kevin Stefanski to somehow call in plays from the outside and and do it virtually or whatever the case may be. But right now, it looks like head coach Kevin Stefanski of the Browns is not going to be at the game and calling plays. They've also got Joel Petonio out, who is their Pro Bowl guard, which could heavily impact a, a lot of things that they like to do Kate, when you look at the Browns, has this kind of scared you off for them? Because they haven't been able to practice all week. Their facilities have been shut down. What do you think about this situation?
2: It is a situation that I think I want to avoid. It's not a situation that I was super pumped with to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, You're looking at a Ben Roethlisberger versus uh, Cleveland Browns situation. We know he loves a good revenge game against the Browns. This game is in Pittsburgh, which uh, I don't know that there's a ton of weather to worry about, but... Pittsburgh just plays better in Pittsburgh. So I think you have to consider that. But then all of this extra um, prep that they're putting into uh, just coordinating the actual logistics of the game, all of that is taking away from their opportunity to prep for their actual game matchup. Baker Mayfield said yesterday he hasn't thrown a pass all week. Um, I you know, I think there's only so much you can do in your virtual prep. I'm a little bit worried and I think maybe outside of the running backs I think that's going to be their their best asset uh as it usually is outside of the running backs I probably don't want to touch much of this because there's just so much uh, there're too many question marks for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty much avoiding the Browns and like Nick Chubb might be part of that. Maybe you want to take a swing on him, but we'll talk about that when we get into like the running backs here. Let let's start with the quarterbacks here with the dfs lineups as we see it the most expensive quarterback on saturday is buffalo's josh allen at 7500 who even last week with only two and a half quarters of play put a respectable number the two weeks before that he hit well over 30 points each time this is a buffalo offense that is averaging 47.3 points per game in their last three outings making them the hottest offense in the league as I detailed on Wednesday's NFL show on this feed in my chat with Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings. Kate, we'll, we'll, we'll start here. Uh, Josh Allen is an alien cyborg bent on world destruction, but <laughs> is he a must play this weekend or are you fading with a different lock? How do, how do you see the top tier of this quarterback situation for DFS?
2: I think when I'm looking at you know, this slate, whether you're just playing, uh, you know, your, your Saturday games, whether you're doing a mixed slate Saturday, Sunday, Josh Allen is so far and away next year. I cannot believe uh, if you're looking at the the full weekend slate, Lamar Jackson actually beats out his price by three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. which is outstanding to me because uh, the the, you know, inconsistency of the play of Lamar Jackson has absolutely nothing on Josh Allen and the way that he's been playing at just absolute MVP level. I think he's such an easy choice. It's again, kind of like we talked about last week with the the Derek Henry pick it's chalky, but I think the upside in edge that you get with Josh Allen in your lineup, it just supersedes any, uh, any of the chalkiness that you might be tasting there with that pick.
1: And what's fascinating about this Bills offense is they were so aggressive, even in the second half against the Dolphins, who has a solid defense. They put up 28 points after Mark, Matt Barkley came in. So That was it, a statement. Yeah, big time. You saw like Dable rocking back and forth in his chair as he's dialing up <laughs> post wheel to Dawson Knox and he's like second and long. You're just like, run the ball, man. Run the clock and he's like no we're going for it and that really excites me from from a production standpoint so like my take on that is i'm not leaving right i'm not leaving the colts defense is giving up fantasy points they're also giving up passing yards lately the bills offense has been a buzzsaw against some tough opponents right these are not tomato cans as i talked about with the dolphins and things can get a little bit tighter in the playoffs but if that's the case for everybody And I'm not scared off Josh Allen. I'm smashing Josh Allen at 7,500. And Kate, as you look at the rest of the quarterbacks here, maybe you can convince me to add a little spice into my lineups where I don't have Josh Allen. Are you going with another John Wolford special or is there something else uh, on the menu here?
2: (laughs) I will say, uh, you know, at $4,900, not bad. He's actually uh, priced uh, under under Taysom Hill, who's not Mm -hmm. going to see nearly as many snaps. I think... Uh, John Wolford I mean for what he costs uh in terms of salary didn't didn't kill you but it did leave you some room in terms of your salary cap for uh your Derrick Henrys and some of those pricier picks that paid off gosh like Stefan Diggs if you if, if you know if you find room for these these other excellent plays that might help to uh, alleviate some of that extra pressure that you maybe don't get to put on your opponents with uh, a John Wolford pick, but hey, you know what? We saw Van Jefferson with a season high in receiving yards, season yes. high uh, in DraftKings points. I believe I'm not hating it. I'm I'm not.
1: That might be the ultimate punt play there in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I look. I had Ryan Tannehill. Let, let's go to the Titans here. Uh, I had Tannehill as a lock in their matchup with the Texans last week. Uh, I think I'm gonna fade him this week. Uh, over the past four weeks, the Ravens have allowed the six fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Their defense has gotten healthier in that span. They are one of the better defenses against play action, which the Titans utilize heavily. I, I think they're going to be able to manufacture a decent amount of pressure. So I expect a decent but ultimately bland and perhaps not useful outing from Ryan Tannehill and right now, his cost on DraftKings is sixty six hundred. I just feel like you might be able to get better value as you kind of look around. I mean, that's the same price for Russell Wilson. Tom Brady is only three hundred bucks more. When you look at that, like that second tier, is there anything that stands out to you? How do you like Tannehill there?
2: You know, I I don't really like many quarterbacks in the second tier players. I think really interestingly, all of these. Wildcard games are pretty pretty well matched up. You know, you even look at uh the Saints Bears slate and you think, uh, what what a god-awful game, what a mismatched game. But uh, for an offense like the Saints, what they need to face in a situation like this is a uh team and a defense like the Bears with Khalil Mack, with Akeem Hicks. These guys are, you know, if you're gonna put up anybody to stop this kind of a, a power offense i think you have to look at the bears and think uh you know maybe those are really the only guys worth worth a darn in terms of somebody who can stop them i think all these these teams are so well matched offensively and defensively that it, i don't know i feel like josh allen is the only play that i'm overly comfortable with and you know if i'm not going with josh allen why not have a punt play i right. you know maybe a mitch Trubisky who could break off uh, a run and get you some points on the ground there, but other than that, I'm really not excited about any of these quarterbacks. So, um, I, you know I'd prefer to take a you know as low t- as low tier of a salary as I can because I think all of these guys have have similar upside this week outside of Josh Allen, uh, just because of their defensive matchups. It's a, a pretty well matched week.
1: Yeah, and like I mentioned with with Tom Brady, I'm kind of with you on this. I'm not really sold on anybody else other than Josh Allen, even with Brady. And the and the red hot Bucks offense and the the philosophical shift that they've had on offense that is allowed uh that has given them the opportunity to score a lot of points. I just think Washington's defense is going to be able to do enough to bog them down. We have seen inconsistency from the Bucks in the past, so it wouldn't surprise me if this is a little uh, uncomfortable, a little, uncomfortably tight early on maybe more than it should be Um, maybe we'll talk about that when we get to wide receivers as well there might be a stack that you could sell me on there but let's transition to running backs and Kate we had a big discussion surrounding the two chalk running back plays of week 17 that involved Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry and I'm afraid we're gonna have to have that conversation again and and, uh, then to be clear We are recording again around 11 uh, a.m. Eastern on Friday. Alvin Kamara's game status is still up in the air, as far as I know, as he tries to work his way out of the COVID protocol, which made him miss last week. Uh, For the purposes of this exercise, let's just assume that he's able to play. And if he does play, remember the last time we saw him, he was putting up six touchdowns on the board. And the last time we saw Derrick Henry, he ran all over Houston to the tune of 250 yards and two touchdowns. Kate, how are you attacking this, once again, chalky conundrum this week? Because I'm half of a mind to fade Henry against the Ravens and smash Kamara if he plays. Do you see it similarly, or are you going to try to sell me different?
2: I actually, I'm I'm going to continue to roll in Derek Henry's direction. Kamara, you know, I, I obviously love the play, but I do think he's just been more of a, a touchdown dependent asset when you're considering the price um, you know, there's only a $700 difference here, uh, which is a lot, especially when you are talking about uh, looking into some of these upper tier players who are going to, uh, they're definitely going to cause you to to reach in other directions uh, for some of those low cost options. I, I think I'll stick with Derek Henry because like I said, he's been less dependent on the touchdowns. He's still scoring them, but you know, the Ravens. I think the biggest issue for you know some of the uh, opposing teams running against the Ravens has just been uh, you know some of that that game script uh, narrative that you know they they need to maybe throw the ball to catch up. Uh, last season against the Baltimore Ravens, we saw Derrick Henry put up uh, 28 rushing attempts, 133 yards, and a score. You know if if you're looking at that performance there and you're saying. Derek Henry can do better. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend the cash. I think that's fine. Uh, love J.K. Dobbins as a pivot pick. Mm. If you're not looking for for one of those top tier chalk plays, sixty six hundred dollars. So you know, compare that to your Alvin Kamara. You, you save almost two thousand dollars there in salary. And I do think you're getting a top end pick against a Titans defense, which uh, has been quite leaky
1: on the run. And you, you talk about saving some money, and maybe maybe this is a chalk play that's kind of underrated because, like you mentioned, Derek Henry at 9,200, Alvin Kamara at 8,500. What about Jonathan Taylor at 7,900? Because last week, he put up 253 yards on the ground. Uh, the obvious bell cow feature back in that game for them. Not going to give you much in the way of, of receiving. However, if he gets that kind of volume... Against Buffalo, depending on the game script, and I think that's important with Buffalo being able to put up points. Maybe Naheem Hines is a, is a sneaky play there, but it seems like Taylor is dominating that backfield in Indianapolis, right?
2: I, I think that is the case, and the exciting thing, too, I think, about Jonathan Taylor is that he hasn't been totally written out of the the passing game. It's not like he's uh, heavily involved as a passer, but um, you know, just uh, three weeks ago, had five targets Uh, Not not bad. Again, it's not a consistent involvement in the passing game. But, you know, I I think for the statement he has made with this offense, even if they get behind, you can't necessarily write him out of the game. And I I think the the team has definitely been making a statement with him Two touchdowns in three of the last four games. I think he's a great pivot play. If you're not, you know, I I will say I'm always uh, of the belief that Derek Henry is a worthy buy, especially if you can slot him in as a, you know, a captain pick, if you can find other plays of value to support that. But Jonathan Taylor, probably a chalky pick this week, but at least you're saving some cash. And I think he has uh, not quite the same upside, but just as good as.
1: When you when you look at the rest of the running backs is is there a punt play or a value play that you really like or is is it really kind of cut and dry who you're going to kind of take at the top there?
2: I you know, I this uh sounds gross, but if anybody has been listening to me throughout the uh the throughout the season, I have been one of the biggest Zach Moss believers. Mm. Uh in the NFL, I think this kid is just so bound for a breakout. You know, he's he's been tremendously involved uh, over the last three weeks, not tremendously. I won't that. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself with the word tremendously there, but they kind of shut him down last
1: week. But before that, I would agree with you. Yeah.
2: Yes. They, the last three games, he did see 10 carries in each of those contests. But uh, the beautiful thing about Zach Moss in this matchup, he's still really well priced at $4,600. Only ahead of let's say like guys like uh, Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde, In terms of a value pick, um, you know, I think it's hard to find guys that are getting the the playing time on the field uh, as much as Zach Moss is. Another pivot play. Let's talk about the fact that Kareem Hunt is sitting at forty eight hundred dollars. I think maybe we're overestimating this this you know defensive matchup against the Steelers. They're hurting at linebacker right now. They've already lost, um, you know, Devin Bush. They've lost piece by piece. Uh, yes, Vince Williams, they, they're, they uh, you know, I think hopefully perhaps getting uh, Robert Spillane back, who uh, I want to say came back in for Devin Bush, but, right. you know, he's been banged up. Every single linebacker that has come in for the Steelers has been has been hurt, and and they're playing with second, third, and fourth string linebackers. I think we need to consider Kareem Hunt as more of those options, uh, you know, open up. They haven't been able to, uh, you know, shut things down as well as they have earlier on in the season. And let's be honest, they give up big chunk plays. That's a that's a great place for, you know, players like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But with Kareem Hunt, you get the value that Nick Chubb isn't necessarily providing there.
1: Yeah, I definitely understand your point there. And let, let's go to the wide receivers and see if maybe there are some warning signs there. Because I think the big thing that stands out to me when I look at this and it's not Stefan Diggs at 7700 it's not Chris Godwin at at 7000 who's probably going to be one of my locks for the week but when you look at the Saturday slate the one that really troubles me is DK Metcalf at 6700 and his teammate uh Tyler Lockett at 6900 now they're going up against the Rams and The Rams cornerbacks, Darius Williams, Jalen Ramsey, like two of the two of the best in the game right now. Yeah, exactly. And when you look at the production from DK Metcalf against the Rams, first game, he had two catches for 28 yards. Second game, only six catches for 59 yards. So getting better. But like that's that's not going to win you anything. And then lock it against the Rams first time five catches for 66 yards and then three catches for 44 yards there has not been a duo in the league that has been as good at shutting down these two stud wide receivers as the Rams as such are you fading them or do you think that they can come through in this spot Kate
2: I am a hundred percent fading them it feels gross I love I love the players Um, they're I mean just the 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 triplets of Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. That uh, that set of players, I don't know if you could find three players with a better chemistry um, and better just everything, vibes, talent. They've got the entire package, but the Rams, they are yeah. a shut-down secondary, and I think we've seen twice this season that the talent isn't enough for uh, the Seahawks' wide receivers to overcome that. Uh, Russell Wilson. It's not like he plays lights out against the Rams. Uh, this is a divisional game. I think uh, you know we we need to know that these teams understand each other very well, um, and you know that that does tend to lead to you know pretty pretty good defense uh, when you know your opponent that well. So I'm I'm fading these guys. I think there are just so many other wide receivers on the lower tier that have high ceiling potential. Look at like Chase Claypool sitting at. $5,200 yes. up against the Browns. Uh, a player like T.Y. Hilton, who continues to perform, $5,100. I just think there are so many uh, really good wideouts that are uh, maybe just below that cusp that you don't really need to pay up, I think, for any of these studs. Uh, you know, even in terms of like the Chris Godwins and uh, look at, you know, the fact that you do have Mike Evans with a knee injury. Hmm. You have Antonio Brown sitting there at $6,100. I, yeah. I, I think there's just so much value in this slate of games in terms of the the wide receiver position. I'm not I'm not looking to pay up.
1: Yeah. If I'm looking to play matchups like you you mentioned Antonio Brown, I'm one hundred percent with you there. He's supposed to go up against Ronald Darby and uh, Darby former Eagle, who I covered for a long time in Philadelphia. I don't think he's gonna be up to that task. <laughs> you look at Chris Godwin. I mean, Chris Godwin is slated to – because he gets a ton of slot reps. If he gets a ton of slot reps, he's going to be going up against Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland is 5'11", 183 pounds. Just look at Chris Godwin, and (laughs) you you know that that's a mismatch. So while I might be fading Tom Brady, if I am playing him, I might play him with a stack with Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown, but I'm definitely getting a piece – of those wide receivers there, I'm with you on Lockett and Metcalf. It pains me because I love them. Uh, however, I am completely avoiding that matchup. You mentioned T.Y. Hilton. That's an interesting one for me because I am really, really scared that Tredavious White is going to follow him around. And that's going to funnel targets elsewhere. So, I think I'm going to fade Hilton at, at, at It's 5,000. It's really tempting. But I think I'm going to I think I'm going to stay away from that one. When you look at the rest of the wide receivers, does anything else stand out to you?
2: I think we have to pay a little bit of uh, a little bit of attention to wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie Um, going up against the Colts. uh, I know I I feel like we still have that that fear of the Indianapolis Colts. But look, this dude put up 30 DraftKings points last week uh, on six targets, had two touchdowns. I'm absolutely loving Isaiah McKenzie had a nice return touchdown. Uh, He's involved in all phases of the game. And you look at the fact that I'm projecting this team to be without Cole Beasley this week. Mm. Um, You know, I think either either Isaiah McKenzie or Gabriel Davis, the rookie has a chance at a really nice day Um, because you know what? It doesn't really seem uh, seem troublesome to me at all that. Uh, Josh Allen's done you down one receiver because this is a guy that knows very well how to spread the ball ball, despite the fact that Cole Beasley is uh, probably one of the most underweighted underrated receivers in the league right now with just the the plays he's been able to make in this offense. i I, I don't know. I, I think one of these these guys, you have a chance to to really break something off. Isaiah McKenzie, um sitting at thirty three hundred dollars. Uh, I, I think that's a, a nice, easy play. Gabriel Davis is at four thousand, so yeah. I think either way, uh, you have high upside with the potential to save some some nice money there.
1: And Gabriel Davis has seen at least five targets for his fourth straight game. I could absolutely see him getting a big getting a big play out of him, and that's a huge value. If you get a big play for a touchdown there, four thousand dollars, yeah, I'm taking that all day. What about tight ends? I and I'll and I'll tell you. I don't know if I necessarily love any of these matchups at first blush, but can you sell me on something here, Kate?
2: I'm not a huge fan of any <laughs> of these matchups. Like okay. you said, uh, you you always have to be uh, cautious. But the you know the issue is you're you're looking at you know sort of one one starting tight end for each of these teams. Uh, there's not a ton on the board, so you can really either just completely completely roll the dice, uh, you know, throw throw caution to the wind. But if you're looking to actually, uh, you know, try to play a matchup, I'm looking at Jared Cook. You know, the the Bears have been very strong on defense, but one of their only weaknesses really has been uh, the tight end position. I, I think Jared Cook, you know, is a nice play towards that. We don't necessarily know if Alvin Kamara is going to be available yet, um, but you know, we have seen him be able to step up. He's had 11 or more DraftKings points in uh, four of the last five games, so. I, I think if you're looking to play that, there, great. I don't know. I give me a dart throw. Is there anybody that you're uh, you're looking at their price and you're just saying like this is a worthy dart throw pick?
1: I was I was gonna go with like I was gonna go super punt at 2500 with like Adam Troutman from from New Orleans because okay. I I kind of I kind of like his matchup there. Um, I really do think it's like you know you kind of have to play Mark Andrews if you're not playing one of the Tampa Bay wide receivers. You probably got to play. Uh, Rob Gronkowski Dawson Knox is an interesting one if if you're not if you're not taking up on the um on the Buffalo wide receivers but like out, man outside of that it's tough I really think it's just like you got plug in Gronk or plug in Mark Andrews and just kind of like eat the bullet on that one because i don't think any of these other tight ends are like super attractive and you just kind of have to get lucky i I think you're feeling the same way right
2: oh yeah and i i mean this is sort of the the same exact situation that we had with josh allen here Mm. uh when we looked at just the the overall game slate the matchups it's just not crazy enough about any of these punt plays that i i feel comfortable i I would rather spend up you know i
1: you mean you don't want to you don't want to spend some cash on adam troutman (laughs) I'm
2: not looking, I'm not looking to, uh, you know what, let's be honest, the the entire, uh, the entire season has just been one giant dice roll at the tight end position. Right. So like, if that's, if that's going to be your move this week, I don't hate it, but I just feel more comfortable sliding in, you know, my Logan Thomas, my Jared Cook. It's just, it's not worth it to me this week. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the chalk
1: and, and roll on. See what happens when uh, Rob Tunyon <laughs> isn't out there.
2: <laughs> I know. You know what he? Uh, goodness gracious! Yeah. He, next week. Next week he's my lock.
1: Yeah. There we go. We are. It doesn't even matter who they're playing. You got to lock nope. Tunyon. He defies logic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that that is what it looks like for the DFS slate. When we come back, we'll get into some over unders, some prop bets, uh, some, some 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 stuff that's going to win you some money. <laughs> that's coming up next here on the Football Cheat Sheet.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: And we're back here on the football cheat sheet episode 18 here with Kate Madjuk brought to you by the SB Nation NFL show. I am Michael Kist. And look, let's break down uh, the rest of the the gambling that you're going to be doing This weekend, I was taking a look at some over-unders, and I know you're a big John Wolford fan, and (laughs) I I just can't help myself because the line is already low. Like The over-under for Rams-Seahawks is at 42, but I don't know if I I trust this Seahawks offense to really do much against this Rams defense. We kind of detailed it when we talked about Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf not having uh, success at all against Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams. Um, as such, the Rams are pretty toothless there. I don't even care who, which quarterback they play. Jared Goff really can't throw the ball with that thumb, and Wolford is is Wolford. He might give you some uh, some nice upside as a runner, but overall scoring, I don't think this game touches 42. Who knows with Seattle? Like this could be like super weirdly close and low scoring, and it might come down to like an overtime field goal boink or something like that. I don't know. Seattle is <laughs> always so inexplicable, but. Uh, how do you feel about that one, or is there anything else that you're that you're eyeing there with the lines, the over unders?
2: Over unders, I'm not uh, not too psyched about. Outside of maybe uh, Colts versus Buffalo, I think I don't know. This Buffalo Bills team is something special. I don't know if you watched the uh, the special that they released last night. It was like a 20 minute uh, just absolute hype fest for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Um, I saw so them much, dancing.
1: They were hype. Yeah,
2: they've got so much swag, and I think that. Uh, they've got just this energy that that you know we we're not going to be able to match. But let's think about the fact that this is a home playoff game for the Bills. They are going to be allowing fans. Bills Mafia is nuts. I think that the Bills are going to absolutely destroy, and I think they're going to um, you know pull a nice uh, nice trick like they did in Miami. I think they're just going to keep scoring, making statements. I don't think the Colts defense is scary enough to stop. Josh Allen and company. Um, I, I think they just have too many offensive weapons, even without Colt Beasley. I'm taking the over here, even at 51 points. Cause mm. I, I mean, I, I think it, the bills can do enough damage on their own, that their offense is strong enough. And you know what? Their defense isn't strong enough that I worry that the Colts won't be able to match them with some points, even if you know, they're garbage time points. Uh, I'm interested in that over under, but outside of that, I'm not, not too psyched, but I do like your, your under for the 42 points, uh, Rams for Seahawks doesn't seem sexy because we, we tend to think of these offenses as, uh, these, these high flying, uh, you know, Sean McVay versus, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We, we tend to think of these teams that way, but in this divisional matchup, I, I, like we said before, uh, when we were talking about the wide receivers for Seattle, these teams know each other quite well. Yeah. They know each other defensively. And you're looking at one of the best, uh, if not the best, secondaries in the NFL. I, I'll take the under there, too.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think uh, as we look at some of the other matchups, the biggest underdog this week, and this is a real shocker, but it's the Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're getting 10 points from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there to you, Kate. Uh, Rob said this on the uh, Rob Stats-Guerrera on the oddcast on Tuesday, he was kind of playing around with the idea of a Bears upset. Is that a swing uh, that you want to take? Because when you when you look at the odds, there they're at that plus four hundred on the money line. They're getting ten points. You taking either of those?
2: I might want to take the ten. I'll, I'll take the ten points. Okay. I don't know if I'm brave enough to smash the money line unless I'm going. Uh, all out and and maybe uh going to parlay that with the the Washington money line mm-hmm. which I want to talk about in a second. Yeah. Um unless we're going all out here and and just going for that big home run play, I don't think the, you know, the Bears uh because of their strengths on defense, because of the fact that Mitch Trubisky is uh playing a bit better um than maybe he has in in uh recent years right. at least. Um you know, he's he's been playing fairly well. He's been a game manager. Their run game is working really well. I, it might be a closer contest than we think, especially with the fact that these are uh, two solid defenses. Um, so I'll 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 take them at the Bears plus 10, but I'm not so not so big on the money line there.
1: Yeah, I think I would I would take them to cover as long as I know that that especially if Camara is, is not playing. I think I'm comfortable there, but I don't think i'm uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna take the money line there. You mentioned Washington, and I know a couple of people that i that I talk with that uh, that are pretty good at this, say I don't know about uh, Tampa Bay really wanting to see Washington, even though Washington needed a tank from Philadelphia to really close them out in week seventeen, but the way they match up, maybe they give them problems. Uh, what are you seeing from Washington there?
2: I think Washington, um, I actually I'm gonna be publishing a piece. Uh, over on uh, DraftKings Nation, uh, either today or tomorrow, on why this is such an exciting matchup. Uh, I think this is like one of the most interesting games on the slate, despite the fact that I, it sounds like one of the most uh, mismatched matchups of the wild card slate. We're looking at a worst to first fairy tale under Ron Rivera. Uh, we're, we're looking at a team who doesn't. You know, deserve to be there. Really, they're they're the third team in uh, NFL history who has made the playoffs with a losing record. Do you know who the last team to do it was? It was the Carolina Panthers under Ron Rivera. Oh my God! What? (laughs) Yes, the twenty fourteen Carolina Panthers. Um, Let's look at their defense. They're so well matched. If you're looking at defensive statistics, um, and I'm not going to bore you with all of them. I I mean. they're matched very well with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, You know, in, in terms of yards given up, they've given up much less yardage uh, offensively than uh, the Bucks defense has. Obviously that's going to have something to do with the fact that they've been playing the NFC East over and over again, mm-hmm. but um, you know, they're getting pressures on opposing quarterbacks. They're getting sacks. They have just this absolute fundamental storyline that is uh just so exciting for, for the underdogs. And guess what? Each of those two teams uh, who, who did have a losing record has advanced to the divisional round wow. uh, when they made the playoffs. So I think there's just a lot of uh, interesting stories. Let's think about the fact that uh, look at the, 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 the season, this team went through uh, look at all the, the controversy they have been counted out. Nobody thinks they believed, uh, or nobody thinks they belong there. Um, you're playing for your head coach, who just defeated cancer. Like, let's talk about the uh, all of the things that these guys have to play for. Chase Young, so talented. I, I just think this is such uh, an interesting game because they they do seem like one of those teams that is able to to rally against that storyline. Uh, they're a physical football team. They do have, you know, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, uh, both listed as questionable, but. I, I'm presuming that each of them are playing right. if they're active, I actually think this could be one of the biggest upsets of the entire wild card round
1: yeah that would be amazing and and just looking at it from like a like a football sense you know in the trenches, I really believe that if you have a defensive line that can take over a game, the rest of it really doesn't matter. you yep. can stay in any game and we we saw Chicago do this to Tampa Bay earlier in the season as I talked about. I think the Bucs are a much different team. They've shown more consistency on offense. But we saw what that offense looked like when Chicago was able to rack up the pressure. It's hard to do against Tampa Bay because I think they have a great offensive line. But if anybody is able to do it, it's Jonathan Allen, it's Montez Sweat, it's Chase Young, it's Deron Payne, and so on and so forth. So I think Washington is well-equipped to really disrupt what the Bucs do offensively. And if they can do that, and you're able to get to the end stages of the game, and you still have a chance. Anything can happen in the playoffs. It can get weird. So,
2: oh yeah, and you know what? This like all of these teams are talented. Um, you know, it, the Washington football team—they've had their ups and downs, but um, they've had some really like just big plays. If you've watched them throughout the season, uh, where you you see this spark, and you're like, oh, that you know that's actually like some good football. Um, it there, I feel like all of those plays have been few and far between, but, uh, you know, Tom Brady's on the road. Uh, I, I we're not talking enough about that either. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the fact that this team is getting, uh, you know, home field advantage, not that it means much in terms of, a, uh, you know, a, a fan perspective, but they don't have to worry about traveling for this outing. Um, you know, they're, they're on their home turf, they're comfortable, I, I think you definitely have to consider um, you know this as uh, you know if you're going for any parlay this week, I'm gonna throw this into every single parlay because mm-hmm. uh, the the odds boost that I'm gonna get there with uh, the Washington football team money line i'm I'm feeling
1: good about it. I love it. I love it. That is a big call and and we can we can end on that if you want Kater. you can throw out any other props or anything else that you're looking at there. Do you have anything else or is that the one that you want to really stick in people's minds?
2: i want I want this to stick in okay. people's minds. I can't okay. wait to talk about this next week. I hope it uh, hope it actually comes out <laughs> turns out the way that I hope so. And you know what, if you're not brave enough uh, to hit that money line, Washington's getting eight points, which I think is uh, more than enough to make me comfortable, uh, especially at home uh, while Tom Brady's on the road facing this this uh, defense that's able to generate pressure. Look, if there's anything that I love, it's watching Tom Brady under pressure. Um, cause he looks human yeah, sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah. All right, Kate, you want to say goodbye to the dental listeners? Let them know how they can play uh, DFS with us.
2: Absolutely. Um, please everybody be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Drop your fantasy DFS gambling questions in the comments with a five star review. If you think we deserve it, if we've helped you rank in some of that cash this year, uh, we will answer them for you. Come play DFS with us. We have a standard uh, 50K salary lineup, 10 people, um, $10 buy-in, top three payout. Check out Twitter at uh, FFBallBlast if you are interested in joining up. Um, Kiss, can we can we count you in this week?
1: All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll join in the festivities. <laughs> I think I have to. Yeah, let's do it.
2: <laughs> awesome. So we will uh, we will get that contest up here shortly. Um, looking forward to beating all of your booties with my, my stack, um, of John Wolford here. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So yeah, get, get in on the action. Come see if you could beat Kate. That's the real challenge here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try to do what I clairvoyant can. Kate. can Clair- try to be clairvoyant Kate I love it uh, thank you for joining us here on the football cheat sheet make sure you tune in Monday for Monday Football Monday where me, Pete Sweeney, RJ Ochoa are going to break down all of the weekend's action we will catch you next time go dominate and have yourselves a day